That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, Nestlemania alongside for the writers. I- I'm sorry to cut you off. I think I have a more important announcement, JC. Uh, the Jobberknocker is switching things up. So I just wanted to make sure everybody knew this. This is the last Tuesday morning that the Jobberknocker will be happening. We will be going either to Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, Thursday nights. We will let you know life is happening. But anyway, back to you, Baron Corbin. I mean, uh, JC, how are you? Um. Well, uh, you know... I hate Cody's dad. I hate Cody's dog. I hate Cody's wife. Blah blah. That, I mean, that was that was brilliant. I just Corbin even got in those matches. WrestleMania. He got broke ass Corbin chance. So the crowd is telling people what they want. I, it seems like they're just gonna re rack it and run it back. Cause I mean, why not? I guess you know why I, not. I'm su- I mean, this was this was JC written all over it. So I was surprised that you didn't obviously just get. I mean, Corbin and Cody, come on. It's just it's funny because we're gonna start this always in the shine. Uh, we're gonna start with Cody and Sammy. We're definitely gonna start there. But this is obviously what happened after that. So we can kind of hit. It. I was listening to Cody was on with Helwani on uh, his show yesterday. They recorded before Raw, and I was actually uh, listening to it before uh, before getting ready to record it. I didn't quite finish, but it was interesting. Something he said. He's like. He's like, I don't like it when people who like weren't involved with Dusty like use my dad. So if they use it, it means they really had to have a special connection with him. And it got me thinking, it's like Corbin was one of those guys in that era where he had a connection with Dusty. So hearing that and then seeing how Corbin got the trash him, it was just like, that's kind of cool. Cody's just, you know, I mean, Cody said one of the big reasons of like coming back, he's like, he wants to be better than all of Dusty's kids. Even though he's actual kid, he was never one of Dusty's kids down at the performance center. So Corbin, you can check another one off the list. Like Randy Orton was the legend killer. Cody was his dad's kids killer, apparently. The Dusty so. killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like literally that was dying on me as I was listening. I was like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. But in terms of that, like that was fun because like look at the sad sack Corbin was good. Um, it just it worked before, and they're just I mean, they're clearly just hitting the reset button with uh Corbin again and going off this, they can you know probably start him up again or whatever. But it worked out perfectly just to cut him off with, with like literally Catherine being like, Oh, we have something more important. And then the fact that like I thought if that was it, that would have been enough. But they went back to it after, and he just goes in on Cody, and you start to see him behind him. And it's like, oh, here comes all the insults. And I love these listeners. And then he goes, and Cody's dog, and then <laughs> boom, 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 and then jobber alert, uh, like you so eloquently tweeted. Because, uh, you know, that, that that's part of it with Corbin, man. Like, he just, he's got to lose. But, yeah, I didn't I didn't think that's how we'd start. But this was, yeah, part two to, uh, I think, the main event of uh, our podcast this week, and that was uh, Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn. Face-to-face in the middle of a rain. We've talked about this WrestleMania, me and you on the podcast, for like pretty much since Cody won the Rumble, being like, it's one of those things like past in the WWE, they would have veered away from this, uh, pun intended. They would have <laughs> swerved away. They would have not like gone head on, but like whether it's Cody, whether it's Triple H or whoever behind the scenes be like, no, we're driving straight into this tornado because this was something else Cody was saying on this that I was listening to. He's like, for we've been looking for so long for like, 
the possibilities of who can beat Roman. And right now we have fucking two. And that is really cool. And it's just set up perfectly where Cody being like, look at man, you beat Roman. I'm facing you. So it's just like Cody's at WrestleMania. And it's like these February pay-per-views for a lot of the time are throwaways. Like obviously Bray won the title a few years ago over Cena, which led to the him and Orton match. Like that was one where it shifted. There's been like edge matches in the past that have shifted the main events of WrestleMania. But for the most part, these February ones are just kind of layups. This is one is not a layup at all. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I, when I was watching the Cody and Sammy thing, obviously I laughed at the Corbin thing. That's why I started the show with that because I just thought Kathy was great, obviously for every reason in the book. But then there's, Happy you know, Valentine's Day, Happy Kathy. Valentine's Day. Uh, perpetually, always JC's, always JC's Valentine. How about that? Yep. Okay. Like that. Um, so I, I really loved it. And the other thing that I really wanted to put on the table here about just Cody Rhodes in general is he did an eloquent job of putting somebody over and putting the spotlight on somebody else and being okay with sharing the spotlight. Cause you know, there are other people in the world that may not be okay with, look at, I'm a WrestleMania headliner. I'm going to be doing all this stuff, all of that. Right. It's just, it's, you figure like, that's my spot. That's my spot. But for him to be able to stand toe to toe with Sammy and be like, you can do it, but it doesn't matter what I think you got to finish your story. And I went, what a great way, what a, an advanced logic for everybody to have in that that whole thing. Because really, you think from the Vince McMahon era, or regime, whatever, like you said, they would just know. They would it. have not have done any of yeah. this. And I think the fact that we're acknowledging it, no pun intended, that we're discussing it, we're having it in front of us, it was like, okay, there's no reason for you to boo Cody Rhodes because he was like, I don't care. I would rather face you because you the cracks are in the bloodline because of you. And I just thought, like, the fact that he was putting it all, like, He's he's saying it without saying it. Like there, it's a foregone conclusion that Sammy most likely will lose. But on Saturday, we're going to be on our edge of our seats, cheering and screaming because it's so we're so into it. You know, like we're just into it. But the other thing that I really really enjoyed about it was the fact that Cody's looking at Sammy, saying like, "Finish your story." But what he's really doing here is he's he's making it okay to be like, "There's no reason to boo me, folks." I'm saying all the right stuff, and we'll talk about it more. Maybe this is a good transition. I don't know, because I thought on SmackDown, the eloquent, just the, the masterful stuff they did on SmackDown with the Usos, because we know we're headed mm -hmm. to Canada, but this, all these moving parts, whether it's Cody, whether it's Sammy, or the Usos, the whole thing with Jay is just so good. It's so well done, and I can't remember a storyline that had this many tentacles that's gone this long that is so good, and it keeps getting better. Again, I don't even know if the finale will be what we want. Like, I don't think we'll be it, satisfied. It, just, it, it can't, no. but it just, it's one of those things. That's, we talk about it all the time, like with the journeys. Like, as long as it isn't completely botched, it's still one of the greatest stories of all time. If not, when we look back, we could look back and be like, yeah, the Bloodline saga with Sami Zayn was the greatest story ever written in wrestling. It, it could be that. We don't know. We're in the middle of it. It's hard to really judge historical stuff in the minute. This is something when we look back five, ten years, we can look back and be like, okay, yeah. But it just, it's... It's just so fascinating because we are absolutely spoiled as wrestling fans right now. Like I've said it every week, like we have two guys that are our favorites, like these two beautiful stories and like they've been running parallel, but like this week they intersected. And I think that is the coolest part of it is just that. And like, yeah, you, I mean, you mentioned on SmackDown, it's just like the Sammy story is so much more than just Sammy. It's a Jey Uso story. 
It's a Jimmy Uso story. This was this week was so much I thought about Jimmy on SmackDown. He's been kind of like just kind of like the second fiddle to Jay or just kind of like the third in. Like Solo's honestly felt more of a story than Jimmy. Jimmy's just been kind of there. But this week it was just like, I mean, Jimmy Uso pretty much pulled a Batista. He was walking alone. Coming out and, you know, uh, then obviously Jake. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Every time I hear a walk alone, I can't He's help machine myself. machine gunned this whole studio. Yeah, exactly. But Jay comes down through the crowd, which I thought was cool. No music necessary. He's fired up. He's there for his brother. But I think what was cool about this, it's just like the dichotomy of this whole situation is we know Heyman's a rat and he's a rat for Roman. And that line at the end of the show where he said, Jimmy, you see things differently on TV, AKA he saw him talk to Jay. He saw Jay talk to Sammy. Roman is aware of all these things that are happening. That's why he said, well, Jimmy, uh, I can't trust you now too, because clearly you're probably more loyal to your brother. And I like, I saw something in your eye, like maybe you've turned on me too. This is part of what, like the unraveling of the tribal chief is the paranoia of everything. So he's already paranoid. He was paranoid about Sammy. He's paranoid about Jay. Now he's going to be paranoid about Jimmy. So it's just, he told him to stay home and stuff. Obviously we know Jimmy can't go to Canada because of his uh, D uh, D Y W I, whatever he had. I think Jay can go. So I still expect Jay to show up. Uh, so that'll be interesting, but. It just the layers of it and just seeing Jimmy Uso thrust into like the starring role for an episode of SmackDown just kind of really furthered it. Cause I'm like, man, this is one of those shows where like, yeah, you have the main characters like Roman Reigns is like, he's been the main character forever. It's his fucking bloodline. Sammy came in and just like kind of stole the show. But Jay was always one of the main characters. Cause he's the one who started the bloodline feud way back when, and then back in, but it was like, Jimmy was another guy. It's just kind of on the side, but he come into the forefront. It's like, it's one of those shows where everyone is a star. And it's just so cool because we're rooting for all their journeys to be something different. And it just, it feels like we know we're in the home stretch now. We're in the climax where like Canada could be the end or it could be the beginning of the end. It's just like, it's, it's so cool that we're going to have these next two and a half months and then it could just be poof gone. So we really got to enjoy it. I mean, I, I mean, we'll talk more about it with our predictions for elimination chamber, but there, I mean, I was sitting there thinking if Jay's not the person to, you know, screw him over to transfer the heat as we've talked about for weeks. There's got to be situations that are just going to be, you know, in the back of my mind, I thought to myself, they're in Montreal. If the screw drop, if they put them in the sharpshooter and they do the whole, like, because Brett is, is Sammy's hero. Like, there are so many options here to just screw Sammy over and it'd be nuclear. And again, they've done a wonderful job of not having KO on TV since oh, the yeah. World Rumble. They have not, not even mentioned him. Yep. You know what I mean? So they're doing a great job in that aspect of the storytelling as well. But I will I will say this. How did you feel that it was like, a point, there's Jay. He comes down, and it's like, it's weird to me, because clearly we were hoping that they weren't going to lose. But there was a small part of me that felt like, what are we doing here? Like, it was a weird, like, I know they're, all the dominoes line up on SmackDown, so it's perfect. But it was just this weird thing where, like, all I could think about was, is all of this smoke and mirrors for a second? Like, if you really go back to it, and this is where, you know, the detective comes in, right? If you look at it, if you really, really look at it, when he didn't trust he being Jay, when he didn't trust Sammy at the beginning, and the tribal chief said, I saw everything I need to know, trust your tribal chief. Is there a Lon Kong here? Like, did they know that Sammy was going to do something? So did they have Jay create this false sense of you're in the bloodline just to be like, okay, we demolished him in elimination chamber and the bloodline is bigger and better than ever now. Like I, there's a portion of me that feels like, 
Because you go back to that tribal court and they like little promos where he nudged Roman by accident, like ran away from Drew McIntyre. Like there's months and months and months and stuff. So you got to go back. I know our boy Dom in the thread said there's a whole playlist. I haven't been able to look because I've been incredibly busy. But I bet you there's seeds in there. I bet you there's something in there that when we go back and look at this, we're going to go, oh, man, we didn't even think of that. It's such a nibble. And like when I watched him walk down the state, I was like, wait a minute. Like, I get that he's there for his brother. They had this emotional thing. But they could be all playing us. They could all be playing us. Because Sammy had one line in there where he said, I've been in the trenches with them. They're on another level. They think about all this shit. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they're six steps ahead, and then, of course, you know, you got the fucking, the parrot from fucking Aladdin, Heyman being like, Jafar, Jafar. It's just like, that's what he is. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so much. It's so much fun to watch this stuff, but I, I, I do not believe for one second that there is giant cracks because I feel like they're going to have this moment where Jay fucks Sammy real bad at, at, at the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, that definitely, that's the way I've always thought, but man, watching it at the same time, because I'm like, they have an opportunity that where it's like, yes, if Jay does it, like the Usos, like they're like fucking, they're just big as heels as Roman Reigns, like, and it's just like, because they broke our hearts, but it's also like, the way that Jay has just, because we've talked about main event Jay Uso and how he really proved himself when his brother was out and he really raised his game and got to another level. And so his brother came back, they just, like, they just went back to what they were, already the best tag team in the world, just like on a completely higher level. But it's like watching, it's like, man, if some reason the Usos just took the side of Sammy, like Jay Uso would be like 1B in terms of baby faces after Sammy Zayn on SmackDown. Just like the ability they have, how beloved he already has become and would become if they completed it. But it's just, it's so hard to see. And that's why I think it's cool of it because we still, we're still assuming, like you said, they're going to screw him. It'll set up a tag match because KO will come out to the save to a big pop and all the nonsense, blah, blah. We get Usos versus KO and Sammy at Mania for the belts. Maybe that's the main event night one. I think that'd be pretty cool to see the tag titles kind of put in their first main event. Uh, I think it'd be special. And I think the Usos are the team to do it. Um, but it just like, it's hard because it's part of it. I see it. And honestly, on Monday, watching that promo, and I don't know if I'm going to get like heat for saying this, but watching it, because it was just like, I wanted to see like with a crowd just to see the difference between Cody and Sammy. And I like, obviously like they're both just so beloved. So the crowd was just loved all of it, but it's just like, there were a couple times Sammy said something and it seemed like the crowd still leaned a little towards Cody, which surprised me a little. Cause I wasn't sure if that would be, and I think it was just like, man, I just, I don't see Sami Zayn being the one to beat Roman, whether it's, an, and if they made it a triple threat, I don't know if I'd love that. Cody pretty much said the same thing. He's like, I don't care what we do because I think it's really cool. And I just want to beat the best. So I don't care if it's only Roman or only Sammy or if it's both of them. It doesn't matter to me. I don't know if he believes that, but that's what he's saying because. Well, you got to say all the right smart. stuff. Yeah. Well, he's just like, he's the way Cody is. He's just like, he's, he's intelligent. And I think that's why I think he's probably the one who walked into triple H's office and says, no, we're staring at stri We're driving straight into the storm. Cause that's the best way that we're going to do it. And I think it's going to be awesome. And it makes it better because he's like, if I get better and everything else around me is better, that just means everything is better. And I, I love that mentality. It's just like, it's like the team thing of making everything better. But a part of it is like, you have to make yourself better too. But I just, I don't know. Watching that promo, just, it felt, they felt different to me. Like Sammy's story is so beautiful and awesome. But like I've said all along, the reason why I was so adamant of him not winning the Royal Rumble is like, his story, what to me, wasn't a WrestleMania story. It was getting to in front of his hometown story against Roman Reigns. And that's why it's just like the happenstance of it, of like Roman and Sammy in Montreal and perfect. Roman and Cody at Mania to me is perfect. Like it just, like it's perfect. It's just like, how do we navigate through this 
and make it so we still love what we're getting from Sammy beyond Elimination Chamber. And I think it's going to be very hard because no matter what you do, there's going to be naysayers. There's always naysayers. But if they can tell us a good story, a story that makes sense, make us feel, whether it's hatred for the Usos or however they do it, like they haven't really fucked up to this point. And I think we're waiting for this fuck up. We've, we've been waiting for the fuck up with Cody. We've been waiting for the fuck up with the bloodline. Neither has come yet. Maybe it comes Saturday, but man, like so far they've been batting a thousand. And I kind of like have the faith that it will continue because just like they've, they've been hitting both these out of the park. It's crazy. It's interesting that you said the thing about Cody being more, you know what it was for me? It's just, I would look at it like this. It seems like Sammy with the, I'm not sure I can beat him is such a great little storytelling device. Yeah, it's a great little nugget. But what it does do is it either helps the crowd get behind him or it may hinder him. And I think in that just that small nugget, the crowd was like, well, you can fucking do it. Do it. You know, and even Cody was like, you can do it. And again, from a storytelling standpoint, mm, love it. But in terms of getting the crowd behind him, it's like, I don't know if that did everything because Cody kind of outshined it a little bit where I went, he's saying all the right stuff. Like, I'm confident. I'm coming off like, I don't care. I want you to do your thing. And Sammy having the doubt was like, I get it. But I think in a little bit, it did kick him back. Just effort, just a little bit, just like an A plus to an A in terms of like the believability factor. Cause we're all going to go ape shit on Saturday. We are, we just, we yeah. all, we're going to, I mean, I imagine that they're going to throw trash at Jay Uso and the bloodline after this whole thing happens and like just boot out of the building, the whole kit and caboodle. But, I expect this atmosphere to be better than Clash of the Castle, and I didn't know if saying that would be a possibility after seeing Clash of the Castle because that atmosphere was awesome for Drew. And just remember the hysteria leading in, and like a lot of us were just like, man, it just feels like Drew's the guy because there was no other options. And when Roman beat him, we've just been in like this wasteland being like, well, I guess we wait till Cody comes back because who else could it be? Mm -hmm. And it's like they've done such a good job of like, yeah, they, they preserved Cody, so he's thin. But now it's also like there is momentum for Sammy. It's just like – but just like watch – I don't know. Like I said, again, like I don't know if it's a popular thing or if it's just me. Like I know I'm a Cody guy, so you can call it bias or whatever. But to me, it just – they felt different. And I don't think that's a bad thing, but it just felt different because I think Sammy can come out a winner by taking Roman Reigns to the absolute end and then just losing clean. Like, coming so close and losing clean, I still think you can come out a winner, and then what you do is, like, whatever you do after, whether it's with the Usos or whatever, is how you move him forward. It just, with Cody, if he lost to Roman at Mania, I just that's a tougher one, because it's just, like, it's just the same thing with the Rumble. Like, we knew he was going to win, but it's just, like, we didn't care. It's just, like, the store, the groundwork's laid that it's just, like, that's the destination. It's just, like, get us there without doing damage and... I think just like they've made, I don't know. It just, I just think it's such an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. Oh, yeah. Think about what we've talked about. So we're almost 20 minutes in. Yeah. And I mean, granted, this is the biggest thing in wrestling. But like we said, we might look back in like 10 years and be like, man, that really was a golden era of a road to WrestleMania. Like that was the greatest road to WrestleMania ever. I think we can all agree if Cody Rhodes wasn't available or if there wasn't a better story, Sammy would be the story for WrestleMania. 100%. But it's not because that's that, that seems like the quintessential WrestleMania storyline. The underdog beats a big guy in the end or whatever. Yeah. We've so, seen it. We saw it with Daniel Bryan. Right. We saw it with uh, Kofi. This one, the only reason why it's so different is like Roman's the greatest big bad of all time because he literally hasn't lost. That was the other thing. I was about the Corbin being like, I was the one who best beat him. That was fucking like five years ago. Yeah. So it's crazy. It's nuts. And, and, and there's, again, throughout the way, the bloodline has dragged all these people up with them. Like it just, I, I, I mean, not even like they're, you know, kicking and screaming, but it's just so much fun to watch. Uh, we should probably talk about the rest of the show because there's a lot to get to. Yeah, uh, I'm curious your other positives. 
I mean, I, and you're gonna probably gonna laugh at me. This being the second thing I brought up, but Nestlemania, I just like, I am in love with this Chelsea Green character. I just like it is become. It is my pet project. It is like my side piece. It is my favorite side like, piece. Non like main like thing like major story. Like this is just like there's not many things like little things that bring me so much joy every week than these stupid fucking segments. Like the one on Monday, it was just her fucking complaining, being like, I've written a thing to the manager. And I'm being like, well, like I am your manager. I read it and I advise. And she's like, <laughs> and just, it's just, it's so ridiculous. Cause it's obnoxious, obviously on SmackDown, her and Sony, the two people that just like to whine, sticking them together and them not liking each other. Like, and then in a little match, like, Everything Chelsea does, like her mannerisms, I get a fucking kick out of it. It just, I like, I don't know what she just, she's good, man. And this was something I remember back in Tough Enough. Like they brought her in late and I was just like, who's this? I wasn't whatever a fan. I saw some of her work like outside of WWE and I was like, oh, she is pretty good. But like just seeing her every week and she's, let's be honest, she's not doing much. She's maximizing her little two minute segments, but it's just like everything she does. It's just like, man, she is good. This, we haven't said like a character their character work. I don't even know if she's a good wrestler, if we're being honest. I really don't. I have no idea. But I don't fucking care because that's just this character is my guilty pleasure right now. And I want her on every show. I want little bits here and there. Her and Adam Pierce together. I'm like leaning forward in my seat. I just like it's just it's so good. It's so good. I, I don't care. I don't care. This is the second thing I brought up in the podcast. I'm out here. I'm exposed. I fucking love it. I, you know, it's funny as you were talking, I could, in, I could see her having a moment at WrestleMania where she doesn't have a match, but she's in the middle of the ring and she's complaining to Adam Pierce and then the bell has come out and just waste her. Like I can see something like that happening. I, like, I just feel like you could, you could parade her out in front of all the female legends and hall of famers and just have her take every finish and it'd be fine. It'd be fun. It'd be good. You know? So I, I agree. I think she's hilarious. Uh, obviously Matt Cardona helps. I'm sure he's got some good ideas, so it's fun to see how this goes. Um, but it's it's fun. Like it's definitely a lot of fun to watch uh, that whole thing happen. Anything else you want to talk about that's positive? Uh, let's see here. I enjoyed the contract signing. Um, I think you did too. I think I saw a tweet from you uh, this morning. Uh, just like it's contract signings, we talk about them all the time. They're like they are what they are. Like we know, but this one was different. I love the fact that Brock was out there. Like I decided to get your ass out here, Bobby. Get out here! I take my stride in my mouth and beat your ass. And Bobby, like you see. The line of security comes out. It's like, okay, this is interesting. And then when they brought out the table, I was like, yes, make Brock or Adam bring you the fucking contract. That is so cool. It just, cause it was just, it was like, I think this is what you said in your tweet. It's like, it showed that he's an equal and boom, a hundred percent because Bobby said, no, Brock, I need you to fucking cater to me. Enough of this bullshit. I'm a big star. I'm a big deal. Every time we've been together recently, I've got the upper hand on you. He fucking bobbied his way through it with his fucking <laughs> mouth. But I don't give a fuck. It was effective. Bobby looks like a stud. He is a stud. He goaded Brock in. He got the upper hand on Brock. We already knew he was losing this match. It's in fucking Canada, too, so we know he's losing. But it was just one of those things, like, we know Bobby's been a big baby face, but the beauty of this feud is, like, either guy could be a heel just like that, just by how they act. It doesn't matter. People just want to see it. They want to see the two big fucking hosses go out there for five minutes and beat the fuck out of each other, and that's what we're going to get. I thought this was a beautifully done segment because it was unique to what it needed to be. And I, I tend to agree with everything you said, but the other thing that I really wanted to point out here was there's a lot of there's a lot of distance between the two, right? And the fact mm -hmm. that he just got up and like put his hat on and went, and then he took a back body drop on the stage, and I cringed a little bit here and that. But the other thing that I really wanted to, to hit home was yes, we know that Brock Lesnar probably will win, but what I was really enjoying was we've gone through the idea of what a contract signing is all the time. You know what I mean? Like eventually, oh, let's just flip the table and fucking fight. Like that's exactly what it was. But when I saw him get his own table, I thought to myself, 
Now, this is something we haven't seen. And how rare is that occurrence in this day and age, right? It's incredibly rare. It's almost like it never can exist because we've literally, like, I've watched since I was four years old. I can can tell you what would probably happen in the contract signing, right? But when I saw that, I thought, what a small detail. But what, what what it made me feel was, okay, not only is Bobby Lashley an equal, Bobby Lashley in his delusion thinks he can beat Brock Lesnar. When you go back and you look at it, he won the first one because Roman Reigns helped him, right? The second one, he lost, but then he beat him up. So he technically lost. And then he kind of got lucky at the Royal Rumble. So, like, he hasn't really definitively beaten Brock Lesnar. But the delusion of it all is what I love in the character. You know what I mean? And I think that's where it's going to get. So I'm very excited to see what happens on Saturday. But... I think it's going to be less than eight minutes. Like it, it is. Oh, going to yeah. be. And that's like, like we talked about it last week. We're looking at the card. Like this is going to need time. This is going to time. This is the one where it's bang, bang and get out of yep. Dodge. But it's like the crowd will be hot for all fucking seven, eight, eight nine minutes, whatever it is. Bum, bum, bum. I love, I love, I love both of them. Cause it's just like uh, the, the, bam, 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 and then the fucking, get boom. your ass out here, Bobby. I was sitting there going, I'm like, are we going to get to like a match where it's just them fighting on a farm? Like, what are we doing here? Like, it's just, it's just like, Yellowstone like sponsors a match or something. It's gonna be ridiculous. Like a match. That's the one thing Brock Lesnar hasn't done is beaten somebody up in a farm. That's what I want to see before he retires. But that's just me. I'd, uh, I'd be all for it. Anything else you want to get? Uh, you want to get heady? Uh, no, because I do think I did like the surprise we got in the SmackDown main event because we talked about it last week and I pretty much said I'm like Madcap, no chance of winning. You're like, yeah, throw him out. Any fucking one. I thought this was cool because as we know, like Madcap's kind of been a guy just, you know, he had all the momentum. He's had some big, I, I mean, if you want to see his fucking resume, go to at the Guppy Ruin on Twitter. He fucking <laughs> listed off every accomplishment he's ever had because we know he's a big Madcap guy. But it just, this was a guy that like was probably like on the edge of getting fired. They paired him with Corbin and he just literally took advantage of it and like made himself a thing with help from other people's. But like he proved that he's good. He's good in the rain. He's a good character. And it was just, it was cool to see him get a moment here because I, when they said like, this is his first title opportunity. I'm like, Oh, I never even realized that, but it's true. And I think that's cool. So as a, what we assume is going to be a one-off, I think it's perfect. Cause this is the guy who literally since triple H has been in charge. It's just been like, he's been a guy where he's taken his momentum and kind of used it to bolster up theory, bolster up carrying cross. And it's kind of been like, now here's something for you. These other three guys, they don't really need a really random match with Gunther, but if Madcap can go out there and have a fucking 15 minute with Boehner uh, in Canada with him, like it just like it cements himself as a really good baby face. And I think it's something for a guy that who was putting the work for a lot of years in this company and like, you know, really sacrificed like for others. Like, I think this is cool. So I love seeing him get the big win. It was a head scratcher for me. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I was just like, huh? Like I was, I was sitting there going, please God, not carrying cross. I would love Santos to have won, but we were probably holding off on that. Marie Mysterio, we clearly know where his journey leads to WrestleMania, so he doesn't need anything ever. He is he is bigger than a championship at this point, and especially with Condom getting ready. Uh, that's going to be fun. But I will ask you this. Do you think that Madcap has longevity left? Because when I'm watching him, I think he has all the stuff to make it. You know, like get an Intercontinental Championship or a United States or a tag team. Not necessarily a world champion. I'm sure He's Guthrie. Not a world champion. I don't think. I'm sure Guthrie would get you know cut my head off for that. But but not everyone needs to be a world champion. No, no, no. But I, I mean, say can, that all the fucking time. Right. I mean, he's very successful. I think he's got a great look and a great demeanor, and he can be a character. But this was like it literally felt like they were dusting him off the shelf and throwing him at Gunther, yeah. and I was just like, okay, 
we know he's losing. This will be cool for like a one-off, I guess. What if he doesn't lose, though? He's not fucking winning. We said the same thing last week, Nestlemania. If he beats Gunther, I think the entire internet would fucking explode. I, I think that. I mean, if this was if this match was after Elimination Chamber, oh yeah, then you could sell me on Brock costing him and Madcap getting the title and Brock and Gunther to WrestleMania we go. But this is obviously this is on Friday. Uh, this will be part of our SmackDown preview. So, but I just I don't I think it's cool because this is something that why I love number one contender matches is when they throw you the curveball. Cause a lot of the times it's a device, like we know who it's going to be, but when you get a curveball like this, I think it's cool. And I think one thing that kind of gets like underrated in championship reigns, is just like for someone to have a launch successful reign, it doesn't mean like they just held it. Like it's, I want them to have to take on a myriad of different competitors in a myriad of different situations and see how they perform in their matches against all these different competitors. And like, Gunther is building a great IC title resume because we've seen him defend against the bronze. We've seen him defend against the Mysterios and the list goes on and Madcap will likely just be another. It's the reason why Reigns is so impressive. He's beaten everyone, but I just, this is something WWE had gone away from. It's just like a weekly TV defense. It felt like everyone was just like, Oh, mid card title once every two months, probably not on whatever here it is, but it's just like, I love that you can build a resume for a champion. It makes the championship better. It makes the champion better. And Madcap, if he goes out there and has a banner with Gunther for 10 or 15 minutes, that gets him over, whether he wins or loses, because it's proving to the crowd, like, this guy can fucking hang. He deserves to be here, and I look forward to see him continuing to work. So I think that's why this is a win-win-win. I think it's cool. It's something that, honestly, until Triple H took over, that AEW did a little better than WWE. is just having these kind of one-off title matches for a showcase you know, kind of thing. And the WWE has really like gotten back to this because it's something they've gotten away from and I enjoy it. So I think it's cool. Okay. Anything else? Um, Lacey beat a jobber. Good heel work as always. Uh, so that'll be my shine, but this is probably a transition piece. Cause I, you clearly don't like it if you're not saying it, but you know, look at sometimes WrestleMania, you just need a quick crowd pleaser. <laughs> and my expectations for this group is, I think it's always been a little different um, in their new incarnation than a lot of other people. I think people like to look at it as a failure, but I don't. But I think the way that Hit Row is being utilized as heels is like, it's perfect for them because it's like, look at Seamus and Mac are the baby vases. I'm looking for a quick crowd pleaser here. Them to get back on the horse, set up the rematch with the Vikings, uh, which we can talk about that promo in a minute, but it was just like hit road did exactly what they had to do. You can say it was short, whatever, but it's just like the visual of Adonis in the ring going like this to a guy bigger than him. is like, well, you're going to get smashed headbutt, And then just like, you have two strong guys and uh, Seamus and drew tossing around top dollar. So just like, I just think that like, Hit Row is like, it's one of those things. Like, you can look at it as like, oh, they're a failure. But I'm like, no, they're a group that's on TV every week. And they're the perfect heels to kind of give you that quick, crowd-pleasing win that you need sometimes as part of your show. So I enjoyed that little segment. And I will say the, the Vikings, I haven't really been big on this new gimmick since they introduced it. I thought the vignette they had this week was the best one they've done. I thought it looked really cool. I, the thing is, is, I think I want the Vikings to be this amazing team. And they have been, like, before the pandemic, obviously, and they did their street profit stuff, which was hilarious. But before that, they were really, really, like, they were, like, the tag team on Raw. And now I'm watching it. It's just this, like, cold start and stopping thing that I yeah. don't understand. And honestly, if they can't beat Mac and Sheamus, I don't know if I'm going to be able to take them seriously going forward. And I know they can always revamp and redesign and do all that stuff. And They've make done you that a again. couple times. But, yeah. but it's just hard because, I mean, like, how many do-overs do you get before it's just like, okay, this is what you are? Well, I think it. it's this, the same conversation we've kind of had with the Street Profits because I know your frustration with them, but it's just like we've been in this world for the past year where the Usos reign everything. 
Like they have both sets of tag titles and we know they're going to keep winning. So it's just like, you don't really have that chance for your other dominant teams of this era, the street profits and the Vikings and new day, for example, going out there and getting these wins where if you had split titles, like these other teams could be racking up title reigns and we wouldn't be having this conversation, but we're in such a different time. that it's just like the buildup has been like, okay, you can beat every other team in the roster, but we know you're not beating the Usos. So it's just like, how can you really garner, that momentum you know because look in the singles it's one of those things like we were talking about theory like how he got complete crushed well they at least let him swerve a little with a united states title to kind of get some of his shit back and kind of just like kind of flatline till we figure out till we get to john cena which is where we're headed with him but it's just one of those things for the tag teams i mean they sent new day down nxt and they had a tag title run which was fun but it was just for the vikings and the profits they like they beat everyone but then there's nowhere else to go because the ceiling is capped right now i think that's part of it no, that's a that's a eloquent way to put it. I just I, it's hard for me to care about tag team wrestling that isn't Usos related. It's hard for me to watch anything women's type non-title related. I think I think that's hard going for. I disagree. Forward. Chelsea Green has changed. Well, yeah, that's that's that she's not she's like a she's an entity to herself. Yeah. Right. So I don't really even count that. But it's just it's hard getting excited about certain things. And I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the jobber alerts. I'm gonna hit the fucking get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Very quickly. Hit row jobber alert. Uh. A lady that got, got beat up by uh, you-know-who, uh, Lacey, jobber alert on Raw. Get ready for this one. Piper, Meechin, yeah, you're out of here. Thanks a lot. Of course, Baron Corbin, yeah, out of here. Thanks a lot. Boogs beats The Miz, yeah, out of here. Thanks a lot. There's so many jobber alerts happening on Monday Night Raw. I didn't know what to think, folks. It was out of this effing world. I didn't know what to do. And all I could think about was I, I, I like Boogs. I, enough. I thought the Miz did whatever the Miz does better than anybody else to make it work. Fine. Uh, I don't care about Piper. I don't care about Meechin. That was a waste of my fucking time. You know, you get over to fucking, you know, you talked about hit roll. That's fine. Lacey's kind of in no man's land or no woman's land uh, until probably after WrestleMania, it feels like. Uh, it's just, it's hard with these random matches, especially on Raw. I felt like Raw specifically, besides the main event, and I would probably venture in. I'm looking here to make sure I don't cut myself off here. It felt very promo or very jobbery. It didn't feel like we were getting a it's lot a go of go home show. No, I know. I know they're, they're protecting a lot more people during WrestleMania season, and I understand that because well, they want to get there. It's also tough because you have two chamber matches, which have six people. You need to look strong in them. So it's just like to navigate that is tough. And like it just, I don't know. That was actually, honestly, one of my biggest heats of the week. And it was weird because can I enjoy a segment but also not like what it's doing? Because I, the what I kind of loved about this Seth Logan Paul thing that we're gonna get at WrestleMania is the fact that like it wasn't really acknowledged, but we knew it was coming. But it was just like Seth has to get through Chamber first; he's gonna lose somewhere, and that's when it's gonna turn. But it's just like that whole segment was the Miz trying to get Seth to talk about Logan Paul. I don't know. I just it's one of those things like I enjoy both those guys in a vacuum. I enjoy Seth's stupid boots. I thought that was funny. A little call, a big thing going on the internet, you know, right now. And I always enjoyed the Miz, but it's just like, I just, I didn't like, I felt like this was a segment that you needed after chamber because I don't think it did any, I mean, I feel like the U S title chamber, like we've forgotten about it now, like the match is going to be fine or whatever, but it was just like, you have four people in it who kind of need more. Well, I guess not priest, but you need like, you have like three other people that kind of need more build. But then it's like, you have theory and Seth and theory is just kind of like walking around being theory, mm -hmm. but Seth is just like, I don't know. I just, I didn't like that segment, the timing of the segment this week. And I didn't like how oversaturated it was the Logan Paul stuff because I liked kind of, I thought part of what would have been cool is like Seth trying to look for any other Avenue and refusing to acknowledge or face Logan Paul. Cause he doesn't respect him which he kind of got at, but I just like, I don't know. It just, 
I don't know. I just I felt like the timing with that was off this weekend, so I didn't really enjoy it. If even though I enjoyed it at the same time, if that makes sense. So what if? And again, I'm I'm completely trying to save the idea of how bad it was in your opinion. I know I'm not not saying that you hated it so much, but it was just it was unnecessary. What if that promo that was set on Miz TV was to line up the fact that it's going to come down to Rollins and Priest in the Elimination Chamber, and then Logan costs Rollins the match so Priest can win. That way. Everybody's happy because then, then it's like you can't ignore him anymore. You can't not bring up his name because the guy just keeps fucking you over in the Royal Rumble. He talked about main eventing WrestleMania. He hasn't done it yet, technically, I guess. And then you get to all that stuff, and then he beats, you know, he's gonna beat everybody in the elimination chamber and then loses because of Logan Paul. I think that'd be an easy, an easy out because now you have to acknowledge him. I mean, I know they're not gonna get on the same program, like he's not gonna have Seth on his program. We know that. I think that'd be cool. Not gonna happen. They'll probably do it after WrestleMania. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but it's just when I look at it, I thought, okay, like this is this. We're in, we're in, we're in this weird vortex until we get after Elimination Chamber with a lot of stuff. And Seth Rollins is really like stuck in a black like hole. Well, that's what I mean. It's know? like I feel like they had to make a decision. Either you don't have Seth in the chamber at all, you give that spot to someone else, and he's full speed ahead in Logan Paul, or like it's one of those things like he should be focused on that title and not. I don't know. It just it felt it felt like this was out of place this week to me, and that's was kind of my heat with it. Um, so I, again, like I'm, again, I'm all for Seth, uh, Logan Paul. I said, we were watching the rumble and they started doing like, I'm like, there's your WrestleMania match. And then it was like, holy shit, it's actually going to happen. Like, I think that's an awesome matchup. It's going to be cool. I think the feud's going to be dope. I think the match is going to be dope. It's a perfect dance partner for Logan Paul in his second WrestleMania. But I just, I don't know this segment. It just, I don't know. It felt out of place. And like the, the Miz, it felt for everything about it felt forced to me. And I don't, the beauty of why I think I was really going to enjoy this feud is that it didn't have to feel forced. And I thought they tried too hard this week with it. I don't know. That's just me. Oh, you know, you're opening my eyes to it because I, I kind of like shut my brain off with it because I was just like, I love the boots. I love the, the outfit. And then I was like, theory got shoved in here, you know? And I, so though it makes me think a little bit more, which you had to put theory in somewhere. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, something else I'm not necessarily in love with. Natty gets a promo. Thank fucking Christ. That got done real quick. Shotzi came out out of nowhere to help fucking Shane, you know, uh, Natty with Shayna and, and Rhonda uh, returned. That's Rhonda. That's not a possible comeback opportunity. She, the world, the woman that uses gumption had a lot of it and decided to beat the crap out of two women. I didn't give a shit about this. And I, it was weird to me. Cause I was like, isn't Natty in the chamber? She like, is. Like, what it's is this? Canada. She had to be in the chamber. Well, yeah, it's in Canada, but I just, I, I, I kept looking at it going, this doesn't make any sense. Like the week after, the week after, perfect. I'll I'll do that. But the one thing I couldn't understand, JC, was how much how much could it possibly work for Natty to have a promo on paper? Bad. Shotzi coming out, probably not the best to be the savior. And then of course Ronda Rousey coming out and throwing people around like nonsense. I just I that segment was dog shit, and, and just I just I can't do it. I can't. I. I the I, only thing that percolated in my head as a segment is obviously like part one of my hopes, and we've talked about this a lot, is Ronda and Shane get, getting those women's tag titles. But watching that segment, I was like, if they don't do that at WrestleMania, a one-on-one match between Ronda and Shane would be pretty fucking cool. And it's just like, it just, it's, they at least like teased it a little bit here, but it's just like, obviously they're on the same page, but it got me thinking being like, I'd be all for that because I think it'd be a, obviously a big thing for Shayna because that is kind of the monkey that's always been on Shayna's back. Because like you said, I was here first. I've been here first. Hell, I was a fucking champion before she was even here. And, and all that is true. Everything Shayna said was true. And then Ronda showed up. It's like, well, sorry, Shayna. She's a much better, bigger star power version of you that can do even more. And, you know, whatever. So it just it's it's kind of always been that monkey. So I was kind of like watching like I'm, I'm like if they're not doing a tag title thing, which I still kind of want. Like, a one-on-one between Ronda and Shayna WrestleMania? I pull out my popcorn for that. I think is is, like, Ronda's... 
tripping over herself, but is she still entertaining? But I think Shayna's Shayna in the ring just just makes us kind of like yawn. But Shayna the wow. person, like the personality, I think Shayna has better personality than Ronda. Like, I don't know. It's just it's tough because I, I find her entertaining, especially with the stuff she did with Reggie and 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 Nia Jax. I thought that was like quintessential, get it out of the ballpark stuff with her. I thought and Shayna Baszler deserves a lot of credit. I just think her style in the ring doesn't necessarily complement what people are into. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think she's kind of submission snoring. based, and that's never going to be the most exciting. But no. that's why she kind of always has to be a heel. So no, no, yeah, I, I I tend to agree with you on that as well. Uh, moving on to something very quickly, I just I'm curious your thoughts on this because I thought this was kind of it was a nice way to go about it, but I didn't really care. Like we had Becky and we had Bailey and then we had Bianca. Obviously, everybody was you know blown up about Bianca for obvious reasons. Uh, but it's just I like it. But then I'm like, well, are we saving the the damage control six woman tag for Mania no, dude, now? I've, I've like, told you for months that it's Becky and Bailey at Mania. Like, no matter how many times we've seen it, like they're doing some sort of match between these two at Mania. Like, I'm convinced, and this just kind of solidified it. Like, I look at it. I wasn't super excited about this, but in terms of a go home, I was like, because one of I think the glaring omissions from the chamber was the fact that Becky and Bailey never had a chance to qualify. It's like these are two of your biggest stars. Who like yes, obviously those two have faced Bianca more than anyone. We don't want to see it, but for them not even to be involved in this chamber match just felt like an oversight. So I like that they acknowledged it. And even like the weird little caveat that Adam Pierce made, him being like, "Well, I guess we'll just start as a triple threat." And I was like, "Wow, we've never had a seven-person chamber. That would be interesting." I was like, at least they threw that out there. Obviously, it led to nothing because what it did just led into the main event. It's just Bianca wins, so neither of them get a chance. Like we go on like this was just literally just like a one-night filler, which again. It is what it is. Like, you're the three, you're better wrestlers. But it was, like, the reason why I didn't outright hate it, because I'm not saying I liked it. The reason I didn't outright hate it is at least, it, like, it kind of, like, fixed a glaring omission I thought they had with this match by not even considering Becky or Bailey because they were all so much in their own shit. But I like that it's, like, they still cost each other. They're the reason why each other isn't getting the title shot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, I've been, like I've said the last couple of months, it feels like we're fucking getting match a thousand between these two at WrestleMania and some sort of gimmick. I don't know what it is, but it's just, like, unless if they involve, like, Trish and Lita or some legends and they make it some sort of, like, bigger match, it just, Becky and Bailey feel like it's just, like, Edge and Judgment Day. Like, these things aren't separating until after WrestleMania. We, we've kind of omitted the Edge stuff until right now. And, again, I, I, I transition. I do respect Edge and Beth Phoenix. I think they're wonderful at what they do. He's setting up the shit on them, folks. But here come the pants drop. I, I just, I watch it as like the grit couple. Like I, 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 when I hear that, I go, okay, you're trying to sell a t-shirt. That's fucking stupid. And it's just Edge coming out for the 400th time for the save. And the fucking, you know, of course, Rhea Ripley has to fucking come out. And I, I understand that. But I'm getting to a point. Mommy, mommy, mommy. I'm getting to a point where. I just, I'm glad Edge is winding down. I, I, I and I, I don't mean that like in a negative way, but like, yeah, you do. It's the, yeah, it's the it's same, okay. it's, okay. it's the same song and dance every single time. And I just, I'm, I, I know there's nuance and there's other things that are clearly going to be happening here, but like, I just, where's it? We're getting Edge, we're getting Finn Balor at Mania, and I understand that, but God damn it, like, I just, I just want it to end. I want it to end. The fact that they're going to go wire to wire to being like Edge started Judgment Day last year's WrestleMania, and now this and you know this Mania he's going to end Judgment Day, which is buffoonery at, at its best. But it's just, I, I think know. that's part of the problem is like this story has already been written; it's already set to go. So there's really no other way to tease it than to have Edge and Beth just run out to make saves when Judgment Day does what Judgment Day does and beat the fuck out of people. So it's just, it's 
it's one of those things like the judgment day on weeks where they're not there, they're fine because they're fucking great. They're one of the best things on Raw and they have been for a while. Like they just they hit their stride and all four of them have something. And it's I think that's awesome. But it's just like it's like, yeah, it's like the, we know this is where we were headed. The match is going to be a cool, I think, element. I wish that Beth and Rhea haven't had their hands on each other as much as they had. I feel this way about a lot of feuds when you're like building up of like the so quote unquote dream match. It's like I hate when they touch each other this much before they actually like get in the ring because I think it does undervalue it a little bit. But it's just like honestly, like there's no other way to book this, unfortunately, unless you do nothing. And the option when you have a weekly show isn't to do nothing. So it is what it is. It's one of those things like. Yeah, we're getting, we're fatigued of it, but it's the same thing as Becky and Bailey. Like it's the same category. It's like these stories don't wrap up till we get through WrestleMania, and unfortunately, um, this is where the long road to WrestleMania can be a negative. Because, I mean, look at Dom's one of the hottest things in wrestling, but it's just like it's he has to take a back seat while we do all this stuff. Like Rhea is one of the hottest things in wrestling, but it's a checkpoint. Like it's just like it's a checkpoint, and that's unfortunately what it is. This is the this is the negative of a long road. I would just like to point out the Nestle equation here. Judgment Day plus non-edge weeks equals awesome. Judgment Day plus edge on that week equals pfft, I can't do it. I, I can't. think that just says that you don't like edge, which I no, think is I'm, fine. I'm no, just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, when you look around and you see Judgment Day taking on a Cody Rhodes or a Judgment Day taking on a random assignment, it's far more entertaining and it's more fun. And I, I, I'm just saying... It's right there, folks. It's right there in front of your eyes. That's all I got to say about that. Moving on. Anything else? I got nothing. All right. Let's get hopeful, shall we? Glorious! You're my only hope. Let me go first. I guess. I don't really have anything great this week. You think with Chamber, like, oh, all these cool things that you could do. But it's like, you know, we'll, we're getting stuff for our predictions. But the one thing that I, I kind of been like, you can call this like, oh, man, no, that's dumb. Like, they've already <laughs> tried this and whatever. But it just, it got me thinking. Because when I'm looking at Corbin, and I'm looking at like his interaction with Cody. It's like Cody pretty much took a shit on his chest this week. Like it wasn't even competitive. Corbin talked all this shit. Cody went out there, fucking smacked him in the face, pulled down his pants, and fucking let it flow all over his face and smushed him in it like he fucking was a dog who shit on the carpet being like bad boy. And just literally did it like that. And it was just like an afterthought. But I was like, you know what? Corbin's a piece of shit. And that's why I fucking love him. But here's the thing. Cody is likely going to be champion at some point after Mania. And somebody has to beat him. And Corbin's already won the fucking Money in the Bank briefcase once and failed. Why not win it again? And why not have fucking bum-ass, stupid fucking Corbin, who Cody took the biggest shit of his life on, why not have Corbin be the one to dethrone Cody Rhodes with the Money in the Bank briefcase? I don't know if it's the same night as Money in the Bank. Uh, Money in the Bank is in uh, is in uh, England this year, so it'll probably be Cody versus Drew or some shit. So they have this great baby face spectacle, and Cody holds off Drew again. He still can't do it, and they're like hugging in the ring. You know who fucking Baron Corbin hates just as much as Cody? It's fucking Drew. Out comes Corbin, beats the living piss out of both of them, and just fucking takes a shit on two guys he hates faces, and that crowd would go fucking ballistic with booze. Suddenly, you would have a new big bad. You'd have the lone wolf on top with more heat than fucking Dom, which is, doesn't even feel possible at this point. And you know what? It's a fucking hope for a reason. So Baron Corbin has the man of the throne, Cody Rhodes, in fucking England at Money in the Bank. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. And if you don't like it, like it, I got two words for you. Suck it! Well, you blew Dom's mind, it looks like, in the chat. So that's fine. It's pretty good. I, I mean, for, for a hope you weren't necessarily excited about, it seems like everybody liked it. So that's good. 
I have I have two hopes that I'd really I, I was gonna save this, but I think I'm just gonna go two quick hopes. Ready? First off, if you watch the digital exclusive, uh, there was a backstage segment where it was Santos and Mysterio, and they're talking about respect, and they change you know they exchange masks and the whole thing about the Lucha Libre thing. If Rey Mysterio does not retire after WrestleMania, I thought about this. Really, really cool. There, there. Santos is great. But what what if what if we got to a point where because Rhea technically is going to win the SmackDown Women's Championship, so I think that Judgment Day is going to move over to SmackDown at some point as a whole, and Rey Mysterio's over there, so I feel like we're going to get unpaused from the Judgment Day beating up Rey Mysterio. But what instead I instead of having stupid Edge and stupid Beth Phoenix and all that nonsense, what if Rey Mysterio enlisted the help of Legato Del Fantasma? Right, like I think. Having the Lucha behind Rey Mysterio against the Judgment Day, like, those matches could be insane. Insane. And I think that'd be, like, just having the lineage of Lucha Libre and then maybe having transfer the heat from, you know, Rey and Dom to maybe Rey and Santos. Sorry, uh, Rey or Santos or Santos and, and Dom could be really cool there. And I think that'd be just kind of like a nice little nod to the legacy of Lucha Libre as well. Because why would they have done that segment, right? Like, we know we want Santos versus Rey in a feud, but I think first, there's something there. There's like a respect. When I was watching it, I just kept thinking to myself, yeah, obviously the numbers don't line up. But having, you know, Legato and Ray against Judgment Day would be really interesting to me. And I would really love to see where that feud could go. And of course, you know, the, the you know the, the stable would turn on Ray, and then you could have your, your long-term feud there if that happens. But I just, I can see something like that happening because I think it's really cool. Secondly, I am more excited. almost gave this my comeback, but I don't want to blow this here. Otis... As Otis, I, guys, I, I can't say this enough. Otis is like, he's like the wrestling version of Chris Farley, in my opinion. He just he just looks like he's going to be fat guy in a little coat, and he's going to rip all of the cool stuff. And if you don't think they're going to have some amazing segments with this, you are out of your goddamn mind, especially if they try to enlist Gable in this entire thing. This is going to be- That was my favorite part, is Gable being like, oh, they're like, like they were talking to him, and then, then be like, no, 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 we're talking to you. Otis. Like Gable and, being like, ah, and then talking about the card. Oh, you know, branding. It's just like, it's just like this, this is well done because it was like, how do we transition this? I'm like, Gable has to be a big part of this because he's so good. He can get it over by making himself look like a fucking buffoon. So I thought this was a good introduction to it. I, I, I really do believe that like, there's so many tentacles here. Like, not that it's going to be the bloodline, but like on a CD feud, for the for the you know the maximum male models watching the hot dog fly and, and you know Monsoir like had the mustard all over him I thought that was great like all these little things that don't matter will add up and I'm like Otis doing like having Maxine focus more on Otis and that whole thing like there's gonna be so much stuff like if you included Gable trying to be a model and having like the Rick Martel kind of like I'm a great wrestler and I'm a model that'd be funny if you have just Otis and they all turn on on Gable. Great stuff because Gable can just go and plug and play and wrestle and have a great time. But there's other things here that I'm just like, I loved watching Otis and Mandy Rose. And we didn't really get to me like that finishing thing because of the pandemic. Not that we're going to get the same thing, but if Max, I mean, it was a moment of the year. No, no, no. But like, it would have been better with the crowd. Right. The crowd, the fireworks, it would have been like a bigger thing when they had kissed and that whole thing. I think Maxine falling in love with Otis would be hysterical to me. Just like there's so much, there's so much. Otis gets all the hot ones. I'm just saying, like, there's so much meat on the bone. Yeah, tucky, tucky. Like, there's so much you can do with this. I am like, Maxine, 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 Maxine. Like, it's just like, it, it, it works so much. Like, 
even just having their digital exclusive stuff would work too. But like, I am like, as a person that's a promoter, as a person that's a creative storyteller, this is such a small feud that I would be like, can I please write all of these things? Cause they're, they're going to happen. They're, they're just like Otis with that backing of the maximum male models by accident and being a goofball could accidentally win a United States championship or an intercontinental championship. And it would blow my F in mind. Like, Watching him in tennis wear where he'd rip the pants, you could just keep going on and on. The fact that Maxine probably gets upset that people eat food and then he's going to be over here eating like a bunch of ribs and she's like, it's fine. It, like, it would just, there's so many things you can do with this for the next six months. I am, I am so excited for this, guys. If they fuck this up, I would be, I would be so mad, so I, mad. It's one of those things where it's like it's, it's such a goofy part of the show; it can't be fucked up because even a fuck up, it'll still be funny. With these, people it's money. Like I agree with Dom; it is absolute money for a CD it feud. It's gonna, 100%. It, it's gonna be wonderful. And again, a palate cleanse from the serious nonsense we get somewhere else to this happy nonsense. I think Otis, as much as we like to shit on certain things about him, he is such an, an amazing character, and the fact that he's gonna be willing to go all in on this Otis thing. Like I didn't even think of Otis. And then when she I said mean, it's, it, it's perfect. I yeah. just, my face wanted to melt. I was like, this is so much fun already. It's going to be it. I guarantee you by the end of next year, you and I are going to be putting this somewhere in the knocker somewhere in a good way. I hope so. In I a mean, good look, way. I, 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 I said this after, once the Mandy Rose stuff started because Otis was one of those guys where I looked at heavy machine and I was like, flush him down the toilet. I got no interest in this shit. They suck. They're stupid baby face, blah, blah, blah. Get him out of my face. But like Otis, when he won money in the bank, the run with Mandy Rose, like I completely changed my tune. And I'm like, he has me, he has me for life. Like this guy. And then the pairing with Gable, I've loved because it let him be a little more serious, but also kind of lean into what makes him special at the same time, which is the goofy. So I'm all for Otis. And like this, like you said, like this is a perfect fit. This is what the male models need. And this is Otis's next step because I think we're really going to see once Gable gets tossed to the side, like him go to that more serious singles run that people have been waiting for forever. Cause we've seen it. Everyone likes to work with Gable with triple H in charge. Now he's a guy that would do it right. Like, I think, uh, I think honestly, 2023, Otis will have a great year with the male models, but 2023 could be the year that Gable takes the next step on his own for the first time ever. So. I, I, again, I love both of it. I, 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 there's nothing I can hate about this. That's why I'm excited and hopeful about it. Cause I, I really believe both of these things are going to be fun. I really do. What about your comeback this week? Nestlemania? Who do you got? My comeback. You ready for this drum roll? Bronson Reed. One meatball to another. What the hell? Yep. What a spicy meatball that boy is. I got to hear this because I don't know how you're going to sell me. I, I, I'm probably not going to be able to sell you on this, but I just, when I was watching it this morning, I thought to myself, what? Like, I, so I'll, I'll say this, maybe, maybe, maybe it's situational comeback at this point because I'm watching it and I think, oh God, we have a picture in picture promo with Ali getting me fucking the mute button. And then, you know, Dolph Ziggler barely says anything. And then he's like, if it was me, I would have beaten Bronson Reed. And then he turned and I'm like, you know, he's wearing shades. And he seems like kind of a badass. And I don't know why, like maybe it was the framing with the shades and the way he looked good and the way he just kind of met better in his suit than he does in his wrestling. Oh, well, absolutely. But there's no denying that. So I was watching it and all I could think about was as I'm watching it, I'm like, there is some type of quality about him that does scream big deal. Not like a main eventer. But at least upper echelon. And when I watched him just beat the shit out of Lee, maybe I just want to see him beat people like Ali up. I don't know. Maybe that was it. But he just train wrecked right through Ali. And all I could think about was, man, this was so good. And this was like an up week for me because there, and I think the other thing too was that for me, Monday Night Raw didn't have a lot of like exciting stuff. And this was at least for me going, oh, I could see that happening. 
Not that he's going to win the Elimination Chamber because I would probably puke. But, I, but now I'm in my head going, well, fuck, I wouldn't, I, 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 I don't think I would hate it. So I think they did a good job of making me believe because Johnny Gargano, where the fuck has he been? Right? He's not even on my TV. He's like not even in existence and he's in the chamber. It was very odd. So I, I and I'm like, I already forgot the six people in the chamber besides Theory and, and uh, you know, Gargano and, and Rollins. So it's just like, okay. You know, so I thought this was a good week for him. I thought this was the first week where I saw character from Bronson Reed instead of big bad guy. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful that it's not, you know, it's not, he's not going to light the world on fire, but the man beat Okada. That may, must be for something, right? So he's got to have some quality. I mean, look, he was good. He was good in NXT two in the rain. I just never cared about him. Like he, he had a good, he had a run as North American champion. Like, you know, it just, it, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he's ever going to be one of my guys, but I said this to you off air um, is that I didn't realize he was from Australia and immediately what popped in my head is like, man, when Grayson Waller's up to the main roster, this is when people want to have you for Grayson Waller, it's this guy. Like, especially with how good he looked in the suit, I can see him standing behind Grayson. Getting, and I look at, I don't think being a heavy is a bad thing at all, especially for a guy like Waller. Like, that takes to the top. Like, uh, I don't know if you heard of this guy named Wardlow. They fucked it up, but he was a, pretty much a heavy and he got vaulted and probably could have gotten to a main event run if they wanted to. Probably still can, because I think he's a star anyways. But it's like, it's one of those things. Like, I think for me to fully be in on Bronson Reed, they have to do something like that, because he was just kind of like, when sometimes when guys who like I'm not like super impressed with their character work, I just throw it out there and you try to you try to just tell me they're a big deal without showing me they're a big deal. I kind of see right through that, but and that's probably how I would have been with a guy like Wardlow. But instead, you kind of like built something in and let me learn about this guy slowly and built him up. And I was like, okay, I think they could do something like that with Bronson Reed. I was just telling me he's already there. It's a tough sell for me, but I don't know. It's just like whatever. He's he's clearly good, like you said. He just like it just. I'm not there with him yet, and maybe that's my fault. I don't think it is, but maybe that's my fault. But whatever. My comeback, though, WrestleMania, I just said, you know, oh, here I am making fun of your comeback. My comeback is going to the guns, baby. The ass boys, the gun club, and the new AEW tag team champions. We said last week on the show, I remember we were closing off, being like, man, this feels like too soon. Like, it's just, it'd feel like it'd be a very AEW thing to do, but they won't do it, right? They fucking did it, and the crowd rioted. And for that reason, WrestleMania, because, look, I was at work, so I didn't see it live, and I was reading the spoilers, and I was like, oh, man, this is a fucking terrible decision. I was with people. But then I watched it, and I fucking loved it. Because you know me as a wrestling fan. What do I love? When the crowd gets so fucking upset, so upset to end something, they're just, like, outraged. I'm like, it's just literally like, it's like, I don't want to, it's not going to be Dom level heat. Cause that's a whole nother thing, but it's one of those things. It's like, it's the same reason why I've always loved Corbin. It's like, you get this person that people just absolutely fucking despise and they try to sell you that it's go away heat, but that's not what it is. If you're getting that mad, that's not go away heat. That's fucking legitimate heat, which is what you want. And I mean, they kind of, AW told us this was coming because the guns took care of FTR in that final match. So we knew they were being groomed. We knew the story existed. But I just, I don't know, watching that, I love the way they did it. I love the way they did it with all the bullshit and all the nonsense and how mad everyone got. And I honestly, I cannot wait to see what those motherfuckers do this week because I do see potential in them. I think Dom and I, I know Dom was high on them immediately and I was just kind of like, eh, I don't know, I have to see it. But they've kind of grown on me. And I don't know, I just like, I feel like what they did is that Revolution pay-per-view is fucking super hot trash right now. 
so to speak. But when I look at this, I'm like, man, what do we always say, Nestlemania? Baby faces chasing. And we get one last little chase here with the acclaimed until fucking daddy ass probably sides with his real sons at the pay-per-view and whatever. But I just like, I felt like AEW needed something to make me care about anything they have going on right now. And this little thing by putting all this fucking heat on the ass boys might be it. I don't know. I just love the way they did it. Again, is it probably premature and too soon? Maybe. But the way it played out, in terms of when I watch wrestling, I fucking loved it. So the ass boys get my comeback, baby. I, I, I didn't know how to feel about it. I wasn't necessarily loving the match itself. I thought the match was kind of pedestrian. It was pedestrian, yes. Yeah. And so I it was it was tough to watch. But the outcome, you're right. The outcome is what you're going to remember. I was just glad they didn't pull the Billy Gunn trigger right then and there because I was thinking, okay, that's definitely pay-per-view worthy. Going forward, though, I don't see them as a pillar. You know, like everybody else is like they, they signed a big deal or whatever, so now they're going to be there for the next five, six years. But I'm not necessarily in love with the idea of them being like a big deal for the tag team division. But I could be I wrong. Just, they, they, just, they, they, they bumped their asses off. I will say much. They bumped their asses off. They're intense when they have to hit the mat. They, they do all the good. great stuff. No, they're good. They're, they're, good. they're absolutely good. I think you hit on the big thing because this is a tag team that they can be literally heels forever. And like, I think people will always come out looking like better baby faces when you're facing them. And I kind of gravitate towards those teams because, I mean, honestly, that's what the revival was forever. It's like these teams that like I think are really good, but like their best asset is making like everyone else look better. And like, I think eventually that turns, but like these kids are so fucking young, man. Obviously, they have the name. And when you have the name, there's so much pressure. You get in the door, but to really break through the door, you need to fucking there's more pressure on you so i don't know it's that's why i said like was it premature probably i won't argue against that but i just i don't know i i kind of i'm sold on these kids um i don't know if their first reign here will be a lawn one but it's just like when i'm looking at aw i needed something to make me care about their weekly television because they fucking made them mjf daniel bryan fucking feud a pile of fucking shit i don't give a fuck about anything they're doing just like I mean, I can't wait to run through the car with you in a little bit to give you uh, the, the week because I can't wait for you to shit on everything they have except for, like, two things. Uh, so here's the thing. I want AEW to be good. I of really, course we do. I really do. Like, I, I think people think that we shit on and we're like, oh, WWE homers. I love we're, AEW. We're wrestling homers. There's a lot of homers. people in AEW that I love more than a lot of WWE yeah. people. Like, it's Orange just, Cassidy, it, Ricky Starks, MJF, The Acclaimed. Like, these are some of my favorite wrestlers, period. I think the hardest part is that, like, we want it to be good but we can't bring ourselves to enjoy it because it's we been know bad better. Lately, and I think everyone agrees with that. Yeah. I, and it sucks because WWE does things better, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the people are better. They just have better ideas of what to do. And I just feel like. Well, I think it's ebbs and flows because for a while the argument was that AEW's put on a better product. It's one of those things. It's like WWE has gotten a lot better. And AEW just has. Is, they're in a rut right now. Yeah. And it's just, I don't. They go through a million reasons, but it just, it is. Period. It is. All right. Let's move on. Anything else? Uh, I think we go to the big finish, right? Big old finish. One, two, three. Yeah. What a maneuver. Uh, yeah. Let's wherever you want to start. Choose your. We're going to get the chamber, but I think we were just talking about AEW. So let's run through the card okay. quickly here. I they literally have a million things. I'm Should I put a blindfold one. on and a, and a cigarette to make sure I'm, I'm yeah. going to get a fire? Ready for this? I'm going to start off with your favorite eight man tag: Orange Cassidy, the acclaimed, and Daddy Ass taking on Lethal, Jarrett, Satnam, and Sanjay. Why? Why? Where's the background in this story? Honestly, WrestleMania, there's it's ridiculous. Orange Cassidy's feuding with these guys. Um, that's the thing. But like in the acclaimed daddy ass are kind of frozen. He has this, best friends. Why is his best friends I know. part of this? But uh, you know how much Smaz is gonna be part of oh, this? Oh, I know, yeah. Honestly, when we when we finish the show, we'll probably look back and be like, that was dumb, but goddamn, that was entertaining. And just like it's 
I fucking hate Jeff Jarrett, but I that know. group, they're, they're one of the better heels in the company. I right will now. say this much very quickly. If you haven't gone to YouTube and watch Hey EW with uh, RJ City and Jeff Jarrett, it's it's worth a watch. It's hysterical. Like he goes out I of his watch, way. I can't watch Jeff Jarrett stuff. No, 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 no. I'm telling you right now. This... I know. I know. I just can't do it. I'm telling okay. you, I can't do it. Well, anybody else that can stomach a Jeff Jarrett interview for 13 minutes, it's it's worth a watch. I he comes he comes off like exactly you'd expect. It's it's awesome. It's absolutely I, amazing. I believe you, and I'm sure it's fine. Everyone he called him he called cool. him Papa he called him Papa J instead of Papa H. It was hysterical. Hysterical. So uh the rerun of the week, we have Ricky Starks versus Daniel Garcia, part fifteen. In theory, I should love this. Yeah, it just we've seen it. Uh, we have a triple threat women's match between Britt Breaker, Tony Storm, and Ruby Soho with this fucking storyline that just is the drizzling shit. I don't understand yeah, yeah, exactly. anything. I like, I, and that's I the thing. You can tell me, like, if Tony Tony Khan can get in here, and I, I want to make sure we we, we we spread the wealth here because I want to make sure the Joe Stopper, who is great at covering AEW, by the way, uh, over at Jabberknocker.com, he, he, he coined a phrase— uh, the other day in the Jabberknocker thread, anything to do with Tony Khan is now hashtag content, spelt content, uh, because it is it is ridiculous. But I will say this much: if he thinks that he's telling good stories, where the fuck are we? Because I can't. Yeah, he he needs someone to check him. That's it's like it's. What are we doing like, with this? It's the reason people fucking have always shit on Vince is that delusion that what you're doing is good. It's like one of those things. Like yes, there are probably some things you're doing really well, but you, what is it's equally as important is to recognize when you are failing. And Tony, right now, a lot of your shit is failing. Uh, speaking of, we have Moxley and Cesaro taking on Roosh and Preston Vance. Do you care? I, again, why do I need to care? I don't. What is the setup for this? I don't. I, I, there have, there's not. If you're going to tell me that you've done a great job with these storylines, show me, because I, I don't, I don't know what I'm watching. I don't. There's no setup to it. There's no, there's no Twitter video. There's no nothing. No tweets back and forth. Nothing on the program that makes me remember anything. Uh, this next one, actually, I i mean, because I'm a closet Brian Cage guy. He is taking on Jungle Boy Jack Perry. They set this up a little bit, but I just, like, it's a match. But we also have, I didn't know this was a match, so I checked. This is, seems out of nowhere. Hangman taking on Kip Sabian. It sounds good. All, all these matches sound great, but I don't care. Yeah, You know, like, Kip Sabian's great, but he shouldn't be fighting Hangman Adam Page. Yeah, he's getting fed to him. Uh, the last match on the card for this week is Mark Briscoe versus Josh Woods. This is a little Ring of Honor rivalry. Should happen on Ring of Honor. Well, guess what? It's not. And no, then I on don't. Rampage, I have a Rampage match this week. And this, I said this in the thread, WrestleMania. This should be on Dynamite because, honestly, in terms of things AEW is doing right right now, it's this feud. And it is Swerve and Dustin Rhodes. They have had a fun feud that has only been on Rampage. It makes sense. Swerve had so much momentum coming off losing the tag team titles. And what did they do? Nothing with it. Except for now, there's something like Dustin Rhodes. It's just, he's one of those guys, like, he doesn't appear much. But when he does, you know it's to make something better. And by God, he's so fucking good, man. He's always been one of the most underrated guys. And they're having their payoff match on Rampage this week. I may watch it. I don't know. <laughs> like I will. I you're will watch selling, this. You're, I, care about this, I care about this more than anything on Dynamite. Here's here's the here's the logic I have, right? And and and, and this is this is telling me right now why AEW is in trouble. I will watch because of word of mouth from my friends. I will not watch because AEW tells me to. Yeah. If you're I, a million I, dollar company, figure it out. The, if you mean in trouble in terms of growth, I agree, yes. but I don't think they're in trouble. Because no, 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 gotten, not financially. There's no yeah. point like they're fine. Keeping my are. attention they is what I should They have their fan base who hasn't gone anywhere, but in terms of like 
Like grow. we're probably still gonna watch every week, but in terms of us carrying and us getting maybe like the casuals to tune in, like it's just they're not hitting those marks right now. Uh, we're going to get to this now. SmackDown quickly before the chamber. We have Gunther and Madcap for the IC title. We have the Viking Raiders versus Drew and Sheamus. Any last thoughts on those? No, the, the regulars will win. <laughs> That's what Alrighty. it is. Well, in WrestleMania, it is time to get to our Elimination Chamber predictions. There are five matches scheduled for this card. I would expect that to stay the same. And uh, I would think uh, one of the chambers will probably kick off the show. And I think uh, it might be the United States Championship match. So we'll start there. It is Austin Theory defending his championship inside the Elimination Chamber against Seth freaking Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, and Montez Ford. So WrestleMania, I ask you, this is probably the toughest one on the whole card to pick. Who you got? So here's my thought, right? This is what's going to upset a lot of people. Uh, Gargano will not win this, but he might win at WrestleMania in some crazy fashion. So that's what my prediction would be for that. We know Rollins ain't going to win. So it's Theory, Reed, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no Montez. So theory reader priest are my people, right? That seems like a logical choice here. What I'm thinking about is who's on my fucking TV every week and who needs it, right? I don't think theory's walking away with this. I really don't. No, he doesn't need it to face Johnson. Reed, yeah, I don't think it's ready. I'm gonna go with Priest. I'm gonna pick Priest. Big dub here. Big dub because that's he he he's we we know he's already won it. He's an established guy, and honestly, he's been doing really great. I I I'm picking Priest. Pick with your heart, not your uh, brain, bud. I don't have a heart on this one. That's the thing. It's just I agree. pick like, your black Ra- heart. Rollins, Rollins, Ford, you can throw out immediately. I think they have no chance. I mean, I think there is an argument that Theory could retain and defend the U.S. title against Cena at Mania. I think that is a thing. I don't think it's going to happen. Bronson Reed. Eh. So to me, it comes down to Priest and Gargano because if I think they did like a random surprise, like Gargano, Canada seems to be his place where he debuted, where he had some of his big moments in NXT. It's just they could do it. It's just. Him, like you said, carrying it into WrestleMania just kind of seems like it's a, it doesn't feel like it's time. So again, like for me, it, it's coming down to Priest, but at the same time, it's like, man, does he need it going into WrestleMania with how hot the Judgment Day is? And it's like, well, if Finn has a dance partner and Rhea has a dance partner and Dom has a dance partner, that leaves somebody out. So I, unfortunately, in WrestleMania, on the hardest one to pick, I think we agree. I also got Daniel no, Priest don't pick him. Title. Pick, pick my. <laughs> Uh, we, we, God damn it. we got the same logic. We spent uh, too much time together. Okay, so, so we both got Priest. Uh, next up, we have the uh, Canada Giant Fest, a singles match between Bobby Lashley and Barack Lesnar. I'll go first on this one. And WrestleMania, like I said earlier, this feels like Brock Lesnar's moment to get his big win and kick Bobby's ass in his hometown. Give me oh, Flobby Lesnar. No, I'm kidding. It's going to be Brock Lesnar. He's going to, he's, Brock Lesnar's going to eat him fucking alive. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. I agree. Speaking of, uh, I know you can't wait for this, a mixed tag team match between Edge and Beth Phoenix taking on the Judgment Day's Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. Uh, we know Rhea's head to WrestleMania. Uh, this is in Canada. Edge and Beth Phoenix are going to win this match. I, I I would literally, this would be the biggest upset on the card if Edge and Beth didn't win, in my opinion. Uh, I think Beth is going to have a huge moment against Rhea, but I had assumed that Edge is pinning Finn, so give me Edge and Beth. Okay, so that was my question. How can Rhea lose? Obviously, she doesn't have to take the pin. Yeah, Finn takes the pin. It's easy. Finn the pin. There you go. Pin yeah. the Finn. I, I tend to agree with you, but I, I really, really, really want Judgment Day to win. I, I, I'm not going to pick too. him, but I think I that— I think that would do more for the, the Finn, potential Finn-Edge match at Mania is if Finn pinned Edge in this match. Right. In his fucking home country. But, well, so the other thing, too, is, you know, like, the you know— is is it one of those things where Vince McMahon would always make them lose in their hometown? So maybe, who yeah, the hell knows? Tr- yeah. 
So. Triple H is more Tony. They all win in their hometowns. But yeah. hey, you know, I, I think you should pick Judgment Day. Do I'm it. not. No, because I'm I'm only like two points away from I'm kicking yeah. your ass. You're, so you're picking like a pussy then. Oh, yeah. picking like a pussy. You're the one. You're the one picking after meow, me most of the time. Meow. I just picked two in a row first. All uh, right, here, let's pick the other one. I picked two in a row first. All right, so here we go. Asuka versus Liv Morgan. Elimin yeah, Elimination Chamber, Raw Women's Championship. Asuka, Liv, Cross, Raquel, Natalia, and Carmella. I picked Asuka in this match like two months ago. I also yeah, picked Asuka, so yeah. it's... Uh, this is fucking copycat. No, not fucking copycat. If it isn't Asuka, who do you think it would be? Ah, uh, God. Carmella? No. Carmella and Bianca at WrestleMania. Are you fucking high? There's no... I don't think Raquel's big enough. It might be Liv. Okay, so here's... here's Maybe Liv. Thing. Maybe Liv. Well, here's another thing that obviously Natalia has some dissension with Ronda Rousey. Oh, Jesus Christ. Does Ronda Rousey take out Natalia and replace her in the Elimination Chamber match and set up Bianca Ronda at WrestleMania? You can't tell me that that isn't a possibility because I think that is a very real possibility. The fact that you said that hurts my feelings. Yeah. It really does. So so if it, if for me, if it isn't Asuka, it's Ronda Rousey. But I'm picking Asuka because she's in the match and I feel like Asuka, Bianca, like you, you don't have to I mean, like that's, that's a good match. I don't hate that idea. I hate, I hate that I don't hate it. That's what I yeah. want to say. I hate that I, I don't I mean, hate it. Rousey and Bianca hasn't happened yet. We should start our own promotion, you and I. Come up with some off-the-wall ideas. It'll be great. I mean, I think we'd put on a great show. I think but we speaking would, Speaking of Nestlemania, the main event in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. A singles match for the undisputed WWE World Universal Space Championship the defending, reigning, whatever bullshit with Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns defending against Sami Zayn, WrestleMania. It's here. I mean, I think we're both going to pick Reigns because we're both fucking huge giant babies. But I have a lot of questions with this match. One, do they give us the falsy where Sami wins for a few seconds and then it's overturned? Do they screw him or does Roman just beat him clean as a sheet? Clean as a sheet. Clean is not happening. Clean is definitely not happening. What I, what I, I like I said, it could be Montreal screw job. It could be Jay. It could be Jimmy, probably not. It, it could be, be solo. It could be other things. You know, it's just I. What I think is going to happen is there's going to be so many like close calls, like absolutely. I expect a ref bump. I expect Jay to hold the championship and look. Is it going to be Roman I'm hitting? Is it going to be Sammy I'm hitting? Like that internal monologue of like, oh shit, what am I supposed to do? And fucking, even, what if, what if it's this scenario, right? Jay's in the middle of the ring holding the championship. And he's like, do I fucking hit him? Do I hit him? And then he fucking goes to swing and hit Roman, and he misses, and he hits Sammy. Boom! Mm -hmm. By accident, you're off to the races. Like that stuff. Like there's so many scenarios that I'm sinking my teeth into that are going to be fun. Here's a scenario that no one's talking about, which I don't. Again, I don't think this is happening. But what if? Kevin Owens cost Sami Zayn. I just don't see it. Me either. I don't either. Because 100% like this whole thing. But it's just like, think of all the times that Sami had an opportunity to help KO and he went against him. And he fucking fucked over his so-called best friend. It's just like, KO, like, I don't think, again, KO's more likely going to come out and save him to a big pop to set up the tag match with the Usos at WrestleMania. But what if, what if that 1% that KO cost him is KO and Sami at Mania? Like, I don't think the internet would know what to do. I don't think they'd know what to do if KO turned heel on him. I mean, it's definitely something that was not in my radar. So no, I didn't think of it till right now when we were talking. When that we, transfers a lot scenarios, of heat, though. I was just like, it transfers yeah. a lot of heat. Yeah, it's again. I don't think it's happening, but hey, you know what? We have we have to look at all the avenues because in this story, WWE is going to get a good job, like really covering their tracks. Okay, well, there you go, Roman. Roman.
Uh, and then now we uh, we have some elimination chamber, so we'll see all the fall for that next week. But we do have an episode of NXT tonight that we can go through uh, quickly here. We had the big turn last week on Ding Don Hello, JC Jane, uh, literally breaking Gigi's face. She will explain her actions tonight on NXT. I don't know what to think. I really, I, I, I really, I mean, I saw what happened and I went, okay, we're doing the barbershop window. Okay. She missed the kick, whatever. Gigi Janetti. Gigi Janetti. I, you know, whatever. Let's be honest, man. JC's the one that can be a solo star. I love Gigi, but she just, she's not as ready as JC is. And again, I love them as a tag team. So this whole thing has broken my heart. The, the fall of toxic, the starting with Mandy thing, but it's just like, I mean, JC's ready. Gigi's not, but it's just, it's, I'm with you. I'm kind of, I don't know how to think because I'm a little heartbroken. Here's the thing. I, I see the star value of a JC. I really do. But there's something about Gigi just has this like id factor. Like yeah, even she's if she's not ready. Hot as hell, man. Well, yeah, idea. obviously. But the other thing is, is like she will look good on a poster. Like I think that she's, you know, JC's here. Gigi's clearly here. So it's like, but again, wrestling wise, JC's here and Gigi's probably below my shoe. But that's beside the point. It don't matter. You don't need to be a good wrestler to be amazing. Like it just. I, some people are like, it's what do I, Nestle, what do I always say about Maxine Dupree? She's just so fucking hot. Same reason why the Miz saved Mandy Rose. She's just hot. I, she I, should work here. I think just, they literally just, just want to. They just want to cut ties with the whole toxic attraction thing, even though it was like the best thing going on TV. Yeah, they're they're literally like expunging it from the record. It feels like. I think they realized by just giving them a new leader, it wouldn't have been the same. It would have been like it's. You can use Hit Row as an example. It never would have felt the same. So why not just fucking cut ties with it and move it on before you get there instead of like dragging these two women who have been amazing through the mud. Uh, so yeah, that's tough. Uh, but there's, I literally have a whole card for NXT here tonight. We have the return of Braun Breaker. Apparently it's a return now when you miss one week, but here we go. Nestlemania. We have, uh, so I'll start from the bottom because, uh, we have Hank Walker versus Charlie Dempsey. Neither of them impressed me ever. Yeah. I don't care. Don't either. care. Uh, we have our girl, Tiffany Stratton taking on Thea Hale. I'm interested in this actually. I think Thea does a really good Santino. Like, I, I mean, she, she's, she's good. She's good for what she does. And I still, not that I'm going to put the rocket strap on Stratton. I'm not going to curse her, but I think we all agree. We all see it. It's a slam dunk. I mean, yeah. the woman's a slam dunk. I agree. Next up we have, I mean, this match. Talk about two guys that I just can't get invested in. Axiom versus Damon Kemp. Who? You know, it's like <laughs> Damon Kemp is just like there. He might as well be a background character. I mean, Axiom's the same way. Axiom. Just I like, mean, he's, he's looking, he's a fucking impressive gymnast, but I just, I just like, I don't give a fuck. He's not going to be a main roster guy. There's no way Axiom makes it to the, to the not, main roster. Not in this gimmick. At no. Least. Yeah. I'm hoping maybe he can find a tag team partner someday, uh, but who knows? We have a Wesley open challenge. So he's losing it? Uh, maybe, but who do you think it is? Do you have any inclination? Is it just going to be Tony D? Maybe it's expect? Tony. Maybe it's Stax. I don't know. I, I, I tend to think that it's not Broken Fingers Donovan, uh, Donovan Dijak, but uh, I, Wesley has I really like me. Wesley. Wesley In has, terms of like when I talk yeah. about baby faces, I talk about Bianca and Liv as like two of my favorite baby faces. Like Wesley has entered that chat. Like I just I just like him. He's, he's so, so likable. likable. So likable. His story is so cool too and he's so real. Like it's one of those things like there's some things you can't make up. And that's why there's certain characters. That's part of the reason why I love Cody. It's why I love Liv. It's why I love Bianca and Wesley's in that category. Just you can't make some of this shit up. It's real, and I love that. I just love how authentic he is. Like 100%. I think he's and real, it, and it's just like 
you can't teach it, no pun intended. You can't. Like, he's just so good. So I, I would think Tony, I, w- I would love to see someone dethrone him soon because I don't think he needs a championship, but they're going out of their way to make him a big deal with the cardiac I kid thought the winning this Dijak was needed to cement him. Yeah. But yeah, now now I'm ready. I'm, I have my eyes peeled for what the next yeah. is. Uh, we have two other matches on this card. We have the former NXT Women's Tag Team Champions of Caden and Katana taking on Roxanne Perez and the returning Mako Satamora. Don't know if I care about having the world champion in a tag team match. It seems yeah, like a weird, throwaway. It, it was a weird, it was a weird setup of like a feud with them like feuding with her. But I think it's a good way to introduce Mako and kind of but set she was up already she, are, she was already in that pay-per-view though. They... I know, but she's been gone forever because a lot of these uh, NXT UK wrestlers have had a lot of visa issues. That's why a lot of them have been kind of here and then not here. That's part of the reason why one of Gals' members haven't been here. His visa is still an issue. That's why they're only the tag team still. Um, but yeah, I just I still feel like we're gonna get a Roxanne Mako one on one match at some point too. Um, I don't know. I don't think that's. I still feel like Corey Jade's the WrestleMania weekend match, but who knows? Maybe it's this. But I just yeah, it's not. I'm more curious to see that what what happens after for all these women after this match than the actual match. But then what I assume will be the main event because this match is gonna fucking rule. Grayson Walla taking on Tyler Bate in WrestleMania. Big strong man, big strong boy. I love him. This, oh, I just love him. It's gonna be so good. I my expectations for this are so high. I mean, da, 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 I, can't I just there's, there's something about Tyler Bate that's just infectious. Yeah, he's just he's infectious. Likeable. Him and Grayson couldn't be more opposite. Oh yeah, spectrum different, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I I look forward to seeing what happens. That's it. That's NXT. So uh, big cards this week on NXT and AEW. A uh, big card on Saturday for Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania. And next week, at our new time, we'll be discussing all the follow That's true. Make sure you uh, check our socials. We'll let you know what's going to go on here in our, our, our little move here. Uh, but we'll be back next week with more Jobber Knockery. <laughs> <laughs>